Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And I am super excited for tonight's show because we're going to talk about my favorite position, and it's running backs. Right now, we're sitting there. It's like, hey, we're three weeks in, almost a quarter of the way through our fantasy season, and the running back position has just been super difficult to try to predict and what's going on. You know, it's been a wide receiver early part of the season. Nobody better than break that down. Welcome back, my co-host, Mung. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, it's been a little bit. Of course, you guys can always find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And uh, I don't know, running back might be my least favorite position because it's just so messy week to week. It seems like running back and tight end are the ones where you either have someone reliable or you're one of the, the vast majority that are just trying to plug and play somebody, just a warm body at the position. Well, and those guys that we thought were reliable, those guys that are, you know, right up there at the top have make it, made it quite difficult. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's, we had two weeks off, Mung. I haven't seen you. I haven't been able to talk to you. So it's great to have you back. Uh, we got another, we got a first time guest, someone that's just been blowing up on Twitter, blowing up in the Smash Accept podcast, uh, group chat, you know, in our Patreon. Uh, that is Mike Lamro at Fantasy Nerd Boy. Welcome to the show. You know, we've been talking on Twitter for seems like quite a long time, but I'm excited to have you on here and chop it up. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the invite. I'm, I've been dying to come on and look, it's been a long time coming right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. I feel like you guys have welcomed me into Twitter. I actually joined Twitter in January, so I haven't even been on for too long. Um I had been popping on um, my buddy's YouTube channels, you know, um, trying to, you know, just kind of spread fantasy knowledge that way. And everyone's like, you got to get on Twitter, get on Twitter. And, um, you know, I finally, finally joined this year. Um, but joining the, the Patreon has been amazing. Like I was talking to you earlier about, it's just, uh, it's, it's perfect to have that, that chat where you can talk fantasy football all day, every day. And nobody's going to judge you for it. So, See, I've been telling all the listeners that. It's like, yo, your, your friends are tired of hearing about your team, your girlfriend, your wife, your kids. Nobody wants to hear about your fantasy team. But in the Smash Except Patreon, we just want to break down trades. We want to have fun. We, and it's like the community there is so awesome. Because it's it's gone more than just fantasy. You know, we're talking about there there's certain guys that have made really good long lasting friendships that are like, you know, what's going on in your personal life and things like that. And it's dude, it's just an awesome community. Glad to have you on. And I know, you know, from playing in, in the Smash Accept leagues, you know, you know what you're talking about when it comes to running backs, but this early part of the season has just been crazy to try to predict. For sure. Yeah, I mean all the earlier running backs, um, ADP wise have you know, I think as a whole disappointed um, a lot of managers out there. You know, there's people that, you know, are, are not living up to their ADP or they're injured. And um, it's a difficult landscape to, to try to navigate for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's only two guys 
it, when you're talking redraft that we're even going in the first two rounds that are in the top eight. And, you know, we argued it all off season, uh, you know, who's going to ascend and who's going to be in this spot and who's your win now running backs and, and all these different things. But right now, if you look at the top eight producers in a standard PPR right now, number one is, is depending on how you play, is Saquon Barkley. Number two is Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Corderell Patterson, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and Khalil Herbert. Just like we predicted, right? I mean, these are the guys that, you know, there was, Mung was, was big time on Saquon. I was big on Swift. We were, we've talked a lot about, you know, how to handcuff with Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert. But, you know, Mung, I think the biggest take right off the bat, and I, I got to applaud you, you were ahead of the curve. Uh, Saquon Barkley through three weeks. I mean, he's first in yards created, fifth in breakaway run rate, 10th in true yards per carry, third in target share. I mean, the king is back. Like he is right up there in that conversation with the top three: Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley is now almost firmly seems like right in that two to three range. And you know, Mung, we we were talking about it all off season. You were big on him. You gotta love what you see so far. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I have my fair share of misses, of course. Uh, no one is perfect, but I, I definitely was very high on Saquon Barkley heading into the season. Uh, basically because all the trusted, you know, PTs and fantasy doctors out there on Twitter, all of them were, uh, you know, they were concurring when they said that his prior injuries should not be a concern um, heading into 2022. And then we had the confirmation from Brian Dable that he was going to get their best weapons involved. And those two factors really kind of just meshed perfectly uh, for this resurgence that we're seeing. And honestly, my advice to anyone who did not go out and acquire Barkley uh, this off season is don't do it now. Uh, you're going to be paying a huge yeah. premium, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it, the the window to buy is probably a bit too late at this point. Absolutely, and then we talk about this all the time, and I'm really trying to hammer this home on Twitter. But the value of insulated trades. I mean, we predicted these guys. We told you who was going to break out, and Saquon Barkley was one of those guys in the off season. I traded DeAndre Swift for Saquon in the 107, which ended up being Jamison Williams which is almost like the perfect trade for Mung. Like Mung, you, you know, I sent you that one. And it was like, <laughs> but that that's how you win, right? And now we get into a situation like you, you hit it perfectly because I was afraid you were going to say, go out there and buy Saquon, you know, and, and you can't right now. His value, if you pull up Dynasty Trade Calculator, it's, it's JT1, Javante2, and Saquon's three. And his value is almost even with Javante Williams, where if we were looking at this preseason, he was more in that eight, nine, 10 range. Now, trying to buy him is just foolish, you know, trying to overpay and, and get that right now. I think the tricky part is, what are you going to have to pay if you go out there and get him? I mean, for those listeners who want to pick up a share of, of Saquon Barkley, you know, we may not advocate it, but there are people still want to know. I mean, Mike, what, what kind of value are you trying, if you're trying to acquire him, what kind of deal are you trying to make? I mean, that's, that's the difficult part right here, right? I mean, because we're trying to... Ideally, maybe scale back from Jonathan Taylor to Saquon, maybe slight tear off from Javante Williams, but it's a very tricky slope trying to navigate how to acquire Saquon Barkley now and not overpay. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, I like Mung said, I wouldn't recommend going for it right now. Um, his, his value is probably at that Javante level where you're, mm -hmm. You're looking at, you know, I'm going to say multiple first. I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to, I'm going to say probably a high first plus, um, I don't know. You're looking at a, a pretty decent plus on top of that, um, yeah. currently because 
I don't even think we're we're seeing what Barkley is gonna gonna be this year because you know he's looking at um, being the I believe you said uh, he has the, he's the third running back. Yeah, he's RB three in Dynasty according to Dynasty Trade Calculator. He's RB one in redraft right now. You know, with with the best start to the season. And that target share that he has is is considered to be the, the third third best at running back position. Absolutely. And, um, they're fully, you know, I don't even know who they're going to have um, available, you know, with, with all the injuries they have. Shep's out for the year, you know, yeah. Wendell and, and Tony are gone. Um, that target share is going to go up. And I think he's going to, he's going to keep rising as far as value goes. Um, yeah. The only way, yeah. see, I've been trying to break this down because I'm getting questions. People are like, yo dad, how am I buying Saquon Barkley? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to give them like, Hey, I'm not going to pay Joe Mixon in a first. Like that's just, that's not how you go about trying to acquire Saquon Barkley. But I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I would probably give, there's some people that haven't quite caught up to the hype of what Saquon's doing. There's a lot of owners out there that were holding on to Saquon Barkley because his value was so depressed who might want to abandon ship. I mean, if I could go out there and give Saquon and and a third, or if I could give Najee Harris in a second for Saquon in a third, I might consider making a move like that just because of the ankle injury, because the very similar age, we're talking 24 versus 25. Another guy we've I've tried to you know move off of Austin Eckler all offseason. And you know, you were in one of the Smash Leagues where I got Mike Evans in a and a 23 first for it. I feel like Eckler's another move where you could just move you know, Eckler in a second and try to get Saquon and just feel a little bit safer, a little bit younger, a little bit more explosiveness. But I mean, it, it's a tricky situation, you know, and I have a lot of people saying, should I give two 23 firsts, you know? And I think right now, I mean, aside from Jonathan Taylor, I'm not comfortable giving two 23 firsts for any running back, Mung. I mean, I feel like two just feels, if they're mid, that's fine, you know? And I, I feel like it's very difficult to get two 23 firsts for any player. I mean, in Smash 1, I just gave up Drake London for two 23 firsts. One of them yours, Mung, and you know I'm always rooting for you, but I won't be this year. But, you know, one of those is yours. Are any running backs other than Jonathan Taylor worth two 23 firsts to you, given we're just calling them straight random? I think this goes back to more overarching strategy than a specific player takes. So I would say... No, as of right now, because it's only been three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And for two reasons. One, we still cannot confidently project for the most part. I mean, there are some teams out there that are, you know, pretty awful on paper that you're confident are going to be top three, top five pick, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, a lot has yet to happen, right? A lot of leagues have five or six teams that are all two and one or one and two. So it's really tough to project where those firsts are going to land. And also, you know, a lot of injuries still have the potential to occur. We're, we're not even a, a quarter of the way through the season. And my strategy in general, even for strong contending teams, is to hold my first round picks until at least, you know, week seven, eight, nine, ten, when you're one, more confident that you definitely are going to make the playoffs. And two, there's just a smaller window for those injuries to occur where you can still hold on to that capital and your, your roster is just more flexible for it. And that's a great point. What I really want to bring up there, and I'm doing this in all my leagues, and I know I kind of give you the blueprint and kind of overshare here sometimes, but I'm looking at those two-in-one teams, right? And they're starting to get a false sense of hope of like, looking for those two-in-one teams 
that have low points possible or lowest, you know, they've, they've pulled out some W's because there's nothing more exciting when teams are starting to win where they're like, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to make it to the playoffs in week three. And they start being willing to make those 23 first trades and those 23 first could turn out to be something special. So guys, I, I implore you to make some of those moves where you look at a guy and you try to, you know, anticipate that that team might have a false sense of hope, uh, into that situation. You know, Mike, I'm looking at the top 10, top 12 dynasty running backs, you know, and I love looking at dynasty trade calculator. I think they do a great job over there, but they've reshuffled it really quickly. You know, they're they're, the September, you got Jonathan Taylor, one Javante, two Saquon, three Christian McCaffrey, four Deandre Swift, five Brees Hall, six Najee, all the way down to seven. Nick Chubb has moved up to eight Eckler, nine Mixon 10, Dobbins 11 and Dalvin Cook. Who's the biggest surprise out of you, out of that? Like, out of that group, who seems like they don't quite belong in that area is just like the biggest glaring spot where we might want to try to move back? Um, I mean, I don't know how Dobbins is there currently. I right. love I love him as a prospect, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I don't see him. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone comes to you today. To that, that's the, and, the name. They're offering Dalvin Cook, Kenneth Walker, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry plus. There's equal risk there. You know, the J.K. Dobbins situation could be big, but him being top 12, and I know Mung's going to agree wholeheartedly with that, seems like a bit of a, a bit of a stretch in there. Let's talk about how we're transitioning if we're going to sell Saquon Barkley then. I mean, you know, we're in a spot where I, I was, I'm in leagues with Jacob Sanderson, and he said he's 95th percentile on anti-old running backs. You know, if you have Saquon Barkley on a viable contender in Dynasty, it's at least an idea to start thinking sell high. I mean, you know, the last two years, I I was not actively buying as much as Mung was because those last two years really scared me off because I'm thinking, you know what? He's had two years in a row where it's been down production and injuries. If we get another injury here, Saquon Barkley's value is going to dip hard. You know, he's going to be 26 next year. He's going to be in the same situation as a lot of these other running backs where you look at, you know, Joe Mixon turned 26, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, you know, those guys, he's going to be getting up there in age. Who are some guys that, you know, you want to transition back from, you want to insulate a little bit. And how would you go about doing that? Uh, we'll start with you, Mike. Like you and I have been talking a bunch backstage because we're, we're on to some of the same guys, but who are you transitioning back and what kind of moves are you trying to make right now? Yeah, I'm looking at um, probably Javante and, uh, and Brees, specifically Brees when transitioning from um, Barkley or Najee. Um, those, I think, People kind of know what they have with Brees right now. I think it was a little easier to, to, to do this move um, week one or week two mm-hmm. even. Um, but I think Barkley on a competing team, you could probably send that over to, to Brees and, you know, uh, probably put a two on Brees and a three on, on Barkley. I yep. think that's doable. And that's um, what I tried doing today. I tried doing it on all my teams that have Saquon. I was like, I'm going to at least kick the tires or get that 2-3. I originally started with a 1-2 flip, you know, thinking, hey, you know, let's see if we can pair this up. And maybe somebody gets a little excited about being 2-1 and one and wants to trade that pick. And uh, I know, you know, Bean Doggy's definitely going to definitely going to hit the smash decline button now that I'm talking about it on air. But <laughs> I, I think Brees Hall, his... You know, we've had three straight weeks where, you know, this past week he was the RB12 and he's really starting to 
starting to blossom and I'm super excited because I feel like it's a Jonathan Taylor type rookie situation. You know, when he For takes sure. over, we're going to see potential league winning capabilities. Mung, um, how are you transitioning with, with Saquon back? Is there a guy you're trying to buy? Are you waiting for people to pr- come to you because of the hype? I mean, talk to me a little bit about how you'd be handling the situation. Well, long story short, I, I, I'm not. If I'm contending, I'm perfectly happy holding Barkley. Um, he's only 25 years old. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the two seasons that were kind of lost injury that people think he's older. But Barkley's still a young, explosive athlete, one of the best athletes at running back in the league. Um, and honestly, even if you're, you know, if you're trading down to Brees Hall plus or another running back plus, I think that's a giant tier down in terms of the workhorse capability that Barkley gives you on a contending roster. Because as talented as Hall is, like you said, we're probably not expecting him to become or see a workhorse, you know, workload until next year at the earliest. And that's even a maybe. Well, and I think, um, and then, I think with that, I mean, you're, you're right on. If you're contending, you're sticking with Saquon. If you're middling sure. or you're, you're not quite there, you keep building. I mean, the amount of risk for a 21-year-old Brees Hall versus a 25-year-old Saquon Barkley who has an injury history. You know, I put the poll out there. Who do you guys want? Saquon is 32%. Brees is 30 Javante Williams is 33 So I, I think there's an argument to be made which direction you want to go. I mean, Hackett seems to be really holding Javante Williams back a little bit, but I think if you are contending, yeah, it's Saquon. But I feel like if you're if you're not there, if you're middle of the pack and you can truly assess your team, you know the risk value definitely drops off considerably. Because even if look at Brees Hall gets hurt this year, he's not going to drop past round three next year. Saquon gets hurt this year, I think he drops all the ways down to round five, round six if we have something serious. Sure, but I'll say this too, right? I mean, again. For the same reason that I'm not looking to buy Barkley because his value has increased, I'm also still not looking to sell him just yet because I think his value is still on the rise. People aren't fully believing after three weeks um, and after, you know, a few more middling performances from guys that you just mentioned, like Javante Williams, Brees Hall. Are we expecting to ha- for them to have consistent monster games over the next few weeks, because assuming that they are continuing to be in those committee backfields on offenses that don't look great right now, um, you know, I I think you're only going to be able to get more on top of those guys if you are selling Barkley in, let's say, week six or seven versus right this minute. No, I like that. I mean, I think ultimately, and and Mike, I'm going to kick it over to you here. I mean, I don't think there's a scenario where the tier of Jonathan Taylor comes down far enough where it's like, Saquon moves himself up into there just based off of the past history. But I feel like Javante, Saquon, McCaffrey, Swift, Hall are starting to form kind of a, a really solid second tier there where you can move around and, and, you know, accumulate some value based on who you like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm with Monk. I, would, I wouldn't sell Barkley on a competing team at all. But um, like you said, if you're middle of the road and I will – I, I am with you that I think this is a JT situation for, for Brees. And I think his, his value is going to increase dramatically, um, you know, as the season goes on. So if you do have the opportunity to get a plus on top of Brees for a Barkley or a Najee, I'm, I'm definitely doing that um, yeah. right now because I can see the shift happening already where Brees is already starting to, you know, 
get favored in that backfield. And he's yeah. he's starting to see a, hard, a higher target share. He's starting to see more carries. And um, I can just see that kind of – it's it's happening. I don't know. Yeah, and that target share, is, target share is huge. I mean, you look at the top five running backs who are seeing six-plus targets. There's only five in the NFL – and these guys are consistently out there. I mean, it's Austin Eckler. You look at Eckler, and his yards are completely down. I mean, you he's in a situation right now where – got to pull up where he's at. But his his receptions are what has kept him – he's still an RB1. I mean, he's been a back-end RB1. But you look at where he's at as far as what kind of production he put he's putting up, it's nowhere close to what he was in years past. But be, because of all the receptions, he's right there. you know. And I think um, the other guys on that list we're looking at – is Brees Hall is averaging seven targets per game, you know, and that's fantastic as a rookie with what he's been able to do with him. Javante is averaging seven. Joe Mixon six point six, and the the ever you know slop time favorite J.D. McKissick is averaging six point three. And I mean, Mung, we talk about it all the time. If you want to be an RB one, and and Saquon's going to be right in that list, and Christian McCaffrey's going to be in that list by the time it's all said and done, and probably Kamara. But if you're going to be an RB one, you're going to have to get four to six targets week in and week out, and these guys are doing it. Yeah, I mean, really, the receiving usage is what we want. And, I mean, look at look at the Giants right now. Sad news to hear about Sterling Shepard, who tore his ACL, yeah. you know, rooting for him to come back. Uh, Kenny Galladay looks like just absolute dust. Um, Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Tony, both struggling with injuries and maybe some off-field stuff with Tony, too. We're not exactly sure. And Man, I want Tony to no be a one. thing. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, really, this is an offense – that like Taylor last year is going to run through Barkley. And that's why I think, again, you know, we've, we've kind of driven this point home a, a lot over the last few minutes, but I don't think he's reached that peak value, you know, similar to Cordero Patterson right now, three weeks in people just aren't fully buying in yet. Right. But give it another three, four weeks. And if they continue to produce, then you're really going to be able to maximize that value if you wait to sell. I like it. The other thing I've been looking at a lot lately, and, and Jacobs Gibbs put that out, that's at J.A. Gibbs underscore 23, running back ex, ru, explosive rush. So that's yards, 10 plus yard rate leaders. So Khalil Herbert, 27% of his carries have been over 10 yards. Swift and Jones, 22%. Brees Hall's at 19. As you mentioned, Corderell Patterson, Tony Pollard. You know, Mike, I know you love Pollard. Both those guys at 18 plus. I mean, these are the guys that are are hitting home runs. And I think the guy that we got to talk about, and we've talked enough about Swift, enough about Hall. The guy we got to talk about right now who's super hot is Khalil Herbert. I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast for the last few months, Khalil Herbert's someone that I have advocated to be a stash everywhere because when he has started he has put up numbers. I mean, he has filled in admirably, and I think we're going to see it again here. I mean, you look at Khalil Herbert has had 30-plus snaps in NFL games five times. He's gone 18 for 75, 19 for 97 in a touchdown, 18 for 100, 23 for 72, and most recently 20 for 157 and two. And he's almost seems like a flashier version of, of what David Montgomery was. And I think... You know, I, I love David Montgomery, but I think Khalil Herbert has worked himself into a situation where, you know, we talk about running backs all the time. There's those running backs who are the RB2s on their team, the the Hunts, the Pollards, the Dillons that have standalone value and they can put themselves into a situation where if someone gets hurt, you know, they have league winning potential versus you have those other guys that are handcuffs like the Madisons and, and you know, Rashad White and guys like that where it's going to require an injury. Mike, 
where has has Khalil Herbert put himself into a scenario where even if Montgomery is healthy, we're looking at a guy who might have some standalone value and and more of a maybe a, a 60-40 split in favor of Montgomery. I mean, we know the passing game isn't working there with Justin Fields, but Khalil Herbert, he kind of gets me excited a little bit and I've kicked the tires in all my leagues. Yeah, yeah, I've been I bought him up um a little earlier in the season. You know, I was trying to grab him before this happened, but um I think his performance without Monty is what's going to dictate what kind of standalone value he's going to have moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um because I think if he does what he's been doing without him, there's going to be a really difficult you're going to have a difficult time not playing him and you know not giving him the snaps that you know he's he's deserving of um you yeah, know, I mean, Montgomery hasn't things. been bad. I mean, Montgomery is what he is. You know what I mean? He's 35 yeah. for 159. That's 4.5 yards a carry. That's probably a little bit high on him, but he's just that steady, needs the volume, you know, and I, I think I might have even been you in the Patreon where he was like, Najee Harris is David Montgomery plus. You know, he's in that mold where they need the volume. But then you look at the numbers, you know, Khalil Herbert, on 33 carries, he's put up 240. That's seven yards a carry. And he has the explosiveness. I mean, he had a 52-yard carry where, you know, David Montgomery doesn't always break those long ones. His long for the year is 28. We definitely sit up, set up a situation here where at least I feel like 65-35, 60-40, he's not going away. And if he has a strong showing this week, you know, I think that's a scenario where I think if you have Montgomery, you could buy him for a late second. And I think that's a, a fair value because I can see a scenario where he really eats into that. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about handcuffs in general. I mean, there is a lot of we we've talked about. Yeah, you know, we're going to keep Hunt, Pollard, and Dylan off because they're not handcuffs. But a guy like Alexander Madison, he comes in for you know Dalvin Cook comes in, he scores a touchdown right away. I think Michael Carter's starting to be more of that like standalone value. But a guy that if Brees Hall were to go down, Carter gets an uptick. Rashad White is a guy that I'm really really big on. I love the talent. I feel like. If and when Leonard Fournette gets out, he's going to have that opportunity. Then there, there's so many guys here, you know, in that tier below. Those three guys are the next guys that I think, if they get out there, can be RB1s and RB2s. Mung, who are some of those handcuffs that you're targeting, and how do you go about doing that? I mean, a lot of listeners are like, listen, I can't buy Khalil Herbert in this particular trade. I can't buy Alexander Madison. You know, and the time to buy a handcuff is never when you need them. It's before it actually happens. Yeah, and you just literally took the words out of my mouth, right? And we compare Dynasty to like the stock market quite often. And just like the stock market, timing is pretty much everything. And right now is the absolute worst time to try and buy guys like Alexander Madison and Khalil Herbert and Jamal mm-hmm. Williams. Um, I, I worst mean, time to buy, know, best time to sell. You know, if you're right. on those teams, and I, I did it, and, and you guys know, I mean, you guys play in multiple leagues with me where I'm retooling, rebuilding, or punting. Those guys go on that trade block right away, and it's like, let's see who that highest bidder is. Let's kick the, you know, especially Jamal Williams. I think Khalil Herbert, 23 years old, he's got a lot of upside. Jamal Williams is just fun, but I think he's going to put up RB2 numbers, you know, and it sounds like Swift's out till possibly week six, and then they have their buy. And I think he's going to put up a couple numbers there where you can cash out here now and maybe give up a fourth and and Jamal Williams and get a second round pick because people just want to win. Right. And, and it's very situationally dependent, right? Obviously, if you're contending and you do need the production, maybe you just have to suck it up and, and pay a bit of a premium to get those guys um, to get that production over the next couple of weeks. 
I, I will say, though, I, I think Jamal Williams might actually be uh, worth buying a little high on uh, if you are contending, because we saw that even prior to the Swift injury, he was getting a lot of that goal line and red zone work. So he has mm-hmm. touchdown upside week in and week out, even once Swift returns. Uh, but if you're not contending, if you're just rebuilding it and looking to buy an upside running back uh, like a Khalil Herbert, right, if David Montgomery uh, moves on from Chicago after this season, then just hold off, right, because it sounds mm-hmm. like Montgomery's injury is not that serious. He might miss this week, but it, it doesn't sound like a long-term concern. So maybe wait two, three weeks, hope Montgomery is coming back, and then you can get Herbert for back to close to the value that he was commanding before this last weekend, right? Because right now everyone has it fresh in their mind, his monster performance against an absolutely terrible Texans team, right? This is not the kind of production we expect from Herbert, uh, even you know when Montgomery is out, because this Bears offense in general just hasn't been super efficient. Um, but you know, going back to your question of maybe some low-key running backs to buy before their value spike like these guys, um, you know, guys who are just absolutely forgotten about, right? Samaj P. Ryan, nobody wants him. Uh, you can probably get him for a third right now. Um, I Mixon, just picked him up on waivers, you know? <laughs> yeah, Mixon banged up his ankle. He's supposed to play Thursday night, and there's a non-zero chance that he aggravates his ankle injury, right? We've seen Mixon have issues in the past, and P. Ryan seems to be the guy right now. I mean, the time has maybe passed a little bit on Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman with all these uh, McCaffrey injuries. But if McCaffrey ends up playing and playing well this weekend, then buy low on Foreman and Hubbard, who, again, are, are just, you know, end of end of bench stashes until they're not right. And you need to look at the situation that you, you've talked about, Jamal Williams. I was out there trying to pick up Craig Reynolds, you know, because you always got to look at in Dynasty. We're not just looking at who's up, right? The next man up. Then we got to think about who's the next guy after that. Because I mean, Craig Reynolds in the playoffs last year had, you know, a fantasy performance in that in, I believe it was almost 20 fantasy points, you know? So always be looking, we have such large, especially in our smash league, such large bench sizes. So you can look (laughs) for that next man up. Um, Mike, is there a guy that we miss? Is there a guy that you're out there, you know, trying to go out there and, and just try to try to pick up on the cheap that, you know, if someone goes down, could give you solid value? Uh, yeah, we, we kind of touched on on everyone. Yeah, it's a trick. I mean, I think Daryl Williams is on there. I think, Williams, you know, like he, he can put up something, but he's probably going to mix in with Eno Benjamin. I like the way Justice Hill looked this past week, but I mean, none of those are, are super excited. So I think we just wanted to go I mean, out there. I might grab Gus at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's still on the pup list, right? He's... He's not available to play, and I feel like he could be an easy buy right now. Um, and especially, even if you're on a rebuilding team, you get him thrown in. You throw him on the IR. He's not going to avoid your. He's not going to, you know, cost you in that points possible. He just sits there, and then when he gets an opportunity, which he will, you know, you throw him out there and go in that situation. I think when you're buying handcuffs, the thing is not to go out and say, "Hey, I want to buy Khalil Herbert." You know, what do you want yeah. for Khalil Herbert two months ago? The deal is okay. You know, I want to move from. Digs to Pittman or Pitt, you know, like, exactly. hey, why don't yeah. you add Khalil Herbert in there? And then the, the next thing you know, you got two starters for the price of one, or you got a high upside yeah. handcuff in there. Uh, the the handcuff who's no longer a handcuff, he's the clear go to guy, you know. And Mung, we talked about guys that hit and miss. I mean, I missed on Travis Etienne, you know, I was a, a super excited, or at least 
at this point, a couple games into it. Uh, Mike, you did a thread on James Robinson. I mean, James Robinson is tied for first in the NFL right now with four 20-plus yard runs. He's got 4.5 yards per carry, four big carries, three touchdowns, averaging 77 yards per game. And, you know, we got some Twitter polls out there where I saw 78% of people, this is from at Chris Spears, 78% of fantasy owners right now are willing to pay a mid-second for James Robinson. You did a thread out there. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about James Robinson, what you've seen, and what kind of buying and selling opportunities are out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a second plus in most of these trades that, you know, they've posted. Um, You know, there's... Obviously, you know, this was not expected. You know, everyone thought that the Jags were not going to be a competitive team. You know, they thought that there was going to be a lot of playing from behind. Um, So everyone was thinking that Robinson was going to kind of be left in the dust with that injury. And he was going to, you know, be a product of a passing game where Etienne was going to, you know, produce in that setting, um, which hasn't been the case. Obviously, the Jags have been pretty good. You know, they've been in the games, they've been winning games. Um, But with Robinson, I think people are viewing him as someone that's going to stay in this Mm -hmm. position and and they're paying up, um, you know, good deals. I see, I I think I saw um, Brian Edwards and a first for Robinson and a second. I saw that. That's beautiful. You know, That's, pulling that kind of deal off. Again, and he did put in there, he was like, hey, I'm 3-0 and and the other guy's 0-3. Yeah. But a lot can happen there. I mean, if you're getting a 23 sure. first in any scenario there, I think that's that's something I was going to point that out. I thought that was masterful. Yeah. Saw another guy that, that traded KJ Osborne straight up for him. Um, I, like, I like that move. You know, I think, you know, if that's something that you're in need of, I don't, I don't see Robinson going away unless the injury – um, pops up again. Um, but yeah, I do I see Debbie Dino Duck a, put one out there that was like J Rob and Brian Robinson for Sutton and, and Tony. And I'm like, whew, man, if you can get Sutton for a guy like that, you mean I know. Robinson has looked great so far. Uh, but I, it, it is definitely a, another situation like we were talking about with Saquon. If you have James Robinson, you should be at least fielding offers. You should be at least seeing what you oh, yeah. can get because it's not a guaranteed production but he has looked great you know mung if you on the block everywhere yeah yeah mung if you're if you're out there i mean what kind of deals have you seen for james robinson and you know are you willing to go out there again we're talking three game sample size but him coming back from injury is is kind of what we hoped we'd see from cam Akers and what we hope we see in some other areas i mean james he he seems like a a real thing that's not going away yeah and you know kudos to him right for coming back from a really tough injury and we're happy to see that. And certainly Akers is starting to look better now, mm-hmm. um, slowly regaining that lead role. Uh, but in terms of James, James Robinson, I think he's a guy who I'm fine with holding. Uh, if you're contending, I think he'll be a, a decent RB two. But like you said, if you can sell high for, you know, a 2023 first or adding a small piece even to Robinson to get it done for that first, then I absolutely would because, like you said, we, we've seen um, the Jaguars unexpectedly control games, mm-hmm. right? And they've gotten pretty lucky in terms of, you know, not to knock what they've accomplished, but look, the Chargers win this past weekend against uh, Herbert, who was playing through that rib injury. 
Uh, they lost Bosa early on in that game. Um, they're heading to Philadelphia, um, and they've got you know their their schedule gets a little tougher uh, later mm-hmm. in the season as well, where we do expect them to be playing from behind later on when they face teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, so I do think we're going to see more ETN in the second half of the season. But at the same time, I do believe that Robinson is for real and clearly has the trust of this coaching staff. So, again, he's not a must-sell. It really depends on the price in his situation, I think. Yeah, I think any 23 or 24 first I would move at this point. Uh, for sure. but, I mean, I think a lot of the allure of, of ETN was – negative game script, right? They're going to be behind. And if you look at some things, you know, don't go selling ETN on the cheap. I've had some people be like, should I trade ETN for Robinson? I'm like, no, like the upside and the value is still on the ETN side, but Robinson's closing that door a little bit. You know, we look at uh, avoided tackle rate among 42 qualified running backs. ETN is 17. Robinson is 31st. So he's still avoiding tackles, kind of doing that rushing expected yards per, per snap. They're both 24-25, so very similar. Rushing success rate, ETN's 11, Robinson's 39. So, I mean, I would not be selling ETN. I know that's someone that you have a lot of shares of as well, Mike, and I, I get so many questions because he was my breakout running back. You know, Mung and I killed it on the on the wide receivers. I mean, absolutely killed it. Every single one has been dominating. But, but ETN's like, hey, I, I think I'm going to abandon ship. I think it's time to get out, and I'm like, He's three games in, you know, like we did not see anything last year. He's three games into his career and we can't just abandon ship right now. Yeah, I would, I would not bail on him at all. Um, I'm actually buying him in a lot of leagues right now. I just bought him for um, CEH and, uh, and Edmonds. So I, I, I would do that yeah. ETN for, for those two guys. And if you can get a 23 first and you feel like you're resetting the clock, if it's mid, I would do that. I don't think that is an opportunity right now, but I mean, I, I would not sell low on him. That's for sure. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. Last week's podcast was a big hit because a lot of you guys love the whole keep trade cut thing. So this is going to give you an opportunity. Both of you guys, you know, if you don't follow Mike, that's at fantasy nerd boy or Mung. you know, these guys are some of the sharpest guys. I love talking, you know, trades with them. We're going to go on with that segment again. It's stash, which is your keep smash, which is your, your trade and trash, which is your cut. All of these guys have almost the exact same dynasty value. And I think what the listeners really liked last week was we're talking about why we want to do each one, right? So we're going to give you an opportunity of why you would do that. I mean, why are we trading this guy but keeping that guy? And it helps people get their frame of mind, you know, based off that situation. And Mike, since you're new to the show, I'm going to let you go first. And I'm going to give you one of the trickier ones. Uh, And then Mung, I'll let you comment in and then we'll move on. So the first one, all three of these guys, identical Dynasty trade value when it comes to DTC. We're looking at Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. So again, it's stash, that's your keep. Smash, that's your trade. Trash, that's your cut. Okay, so I'm going to smash Chubb. Um, man, these, these two guys, I see them having, you know, they're, they're going to come on strong. Um I guess I'm going to stash Mixon and I'm going to trash Eck. 
I, I'm in the exact I, same boat with you on that it the whole way good. across there. I don't, I don't like but it. it but I, when they're this close, you know, like it, it's easy sometimes when you, you mix it up there. But I literally took ones that are within two points of each other in, in trade value. And I think Chubb's someone to, to definitely, if you were on a contender, people do not value Nick Chubb the way that, you know, that he has actually played. I mean, you look at sure. Nick Chubb right now. And he's 62 carries, 341 yards, four touchdowns. He leads the NFL. And I think at least until Deshaun Watson comes back, it's going to be a heavy dose of Nick Chubb. And that's that's someone where I know you and I have talked about we don't like Nick Chubb. He's a guy that we always try to trade. And I feel <laughs> like now is your opportunity, that's for sure. Uh, Mung, any any difference of opinion there with the Chubb-Eckler mixing before we move on to the next one? Yeah, I'll say I'll stash Chubb because I do think that even if they pass more once Watson comes back, uh, the offense is going to be more efficient overall. So I'm going to hold on to Chubb. Um, Mixon hasn't been great, so I would uh, – I mean, I wouldn't sell right now because he's – you're not going to get much for him. But I, I would actually try to smash um, Eckler and sell high on him because I think this mm-hmm. Chargers offense is going to struggle. We've been we've been on that train for a while. I think the name of the podcast might actually be after Mike. It's smashing Chubb. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to the next one. You know, and this one very similar. So you're in a win now team, and I have a lot of teams with all three of these guys, Mung, and they're not your guys. I mean, they are not your guys, not guys you love. But this is going to be difficult for you. We're going to stash, smash, or trash Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Alvin Kamara. Uh, I will stash Cook because I think better days are coming for that Vikings offense. Thank you. I will, I will smash Henry because he did okay the last game. And he, he off of, you know, I think it was like five or six receptions, which is an outlier for him. And I mm-hmm. would try to sell high on that. I don't know that he's going to be that involved in the passing game just because of that one game sample. Mm-hmm. And then I would um, – What's the last one? Stash, smash, and... Trash. Trash. Uh, <laughs> I would trash... Uh, who was it? Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Kamara. I mean, yeah. this... Winston just chucks it, right? And Kamara's not going to get those checkdowns like he did from Breeze. Just wait till Andy Dalton takes over. Now, uh, <laughs> Mike, same question, but here's the the biggest thing, right? I, I have been trying to float Derrick Henry and trying to get a 23 first. I got a couple leagues where I'm like right on the fringe... Would you pay a 23 first for any of these three? And then are you in agreement with how he evaluated that? Um, I'm, I might pay up for Cook. I'm in agreement that Cook is – he's going to come on. Um, I don't have any doubts about that. I do think that Kamara is going to – I like him. I'm, I'm buying him right now, you know. Um, I'm, I'm not buying Henry, though. I, he's not catching – passes like that mm-hmm. you know moving forward and um you know until until Tannehill gets in sync with those receivers I don't think that run game is gonna ha- gonna be moving whatsoever so they got to really figure things out over there um yeah but I don't think I'm buying buying Henry or Kamara for a first right now totally agree with that on you know like on both on all occasions there I mean Dalvin Cook was running at 4.7 yards per carry. You know, like he is going to find the end zone. The shoulder injury doesn't sound like it's much. Uh, So, you know, that kind of puts it into an interesting one. I'm going to do the next one, and then I'm going to pass it over to you guys. The other one, this is up at the top. So we're looking at Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, 
and Brees Hall. So I am going to stash Brees Hall. Hashtag buy Brees. He's been my guy. You know, I'm super excited to to see what he can do once he gets gets the keys here. The other two guys are difficult, right? Because Swift's going to be out for a couple of weeks, and Harris has really dropped off some trade value. So I mean, I think I'm still going to try to trade. Uh, I think I'm going to try to trade Harris because I think he has a little bit more there and cut Swift, but I would never obviously cut any of these guys. I mean, this is this is a tough situation because all three of these guys are right in line. And I feel like if you can get anything on top of you know Harris and Swift, whichever way you prefer it, you take whichever side gets you the on, on top. Uh, Mike, we'll go with you here. Who are you keeping in this group? Because I feel like this is one of the more difficult ones. It's going to have a lot to do with what you know, what direction. But these are some of the younger running backs in the league. So, sorry, it was Bruce, Najee, Najee, Brees Hall, and yeah. DeAndre Swift. And Swift. Okay, um, I'm going to sell Najee. I'm keeping Brees, and I I am gonna Swift has Swift has caused me a lot of pain in the last couple of years. I mean, it's I love him, you know, I love when he's on the field, but he just can't play through anything right now. Yeah, um, and he's kind of getting that. That's kind of becoming what he is, you know. He just doesn't play through anything, and maybe I'm, I'm maybe it is always serious, but. Um, you know, he's he's always in and out, in and out. Well, and it's that track record. Under. I mean, he's at the value where you could say where Saquon Barkley was after one year of injury, right? Like, and then Saquon had that second injury, and his value just dove off. I mean, if DeAndre okay. Swift gets another serious injury, he's missing three games here, it looks like. If he takes another one, that value is going to dip hard. Um, so I think you're you're right on there. Ab- absolutely. Mung. Um, how do you agree with it? I mean, are these your guys here? Which which order do you have it, and how would you move? Yeah, again, I think you just stole the words that I was about to say, um, where, you know, Swift is, has been constantly nicked up, uh, but people aren't nervous just yet, right? And he is following right. that trajectory where I would smash him and try to sell pretty high on him because I think the consensus is still that he's a top three running back, um, but we're going to see an influx of very good backs coming in the 2023 class. Uh, I would stash Harris because I've been lower on him for 2022, but I do agree on the long-term upside. And then I would uh, trash Harris because I was probably lower on him heading into this year than most. Just concerns about the offensive line and a Trubisky-led offense. And maybe Kenny Pickett uh, turns things around in 2023, but I I think you're going to be able to buy Harris back for for a lot cheaper this coming offseason. This is your last week to buy Kenny Pickett. I do not think it's long before Kenny Pickett takes over. The nice thing for Najee Harris is he gets a 10-day rest, right? It's because he played Thursday night. You know, he gets a little bit extra time to rest that ankle. And I think he comes out and has a has a big week this week and kind of puts you in that situation. Um, one thing I'm always talking about on the show is trying to insulate back. And I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor has, you know, he's fourth in the league in rushing right now. With 286 yards, but we're acting like he's done nothing. Uh, the trade value is a little bit depressed. I have tried to get, we talked about how great this 23 class is potentially, on picks that I know are going to be mid or better, trying to get Hall plus a first for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Mike, if you have Jonathan Taylor, you know, with this area right here, you know, your your Swift, your Harris, your Hall, and maybe even your Saquon, are you willing to move back off Jonathan Taylor for one of these guys and at first? And if so, where does that first have to be? 
I mean, yeah, I would. If if Barkley's in there, I would definitely take Barkley in a first. Um, I would say eight or better, I, like 107, 108 or better. Yeah, I would have. I would have to. I would. Yeah, I'd say 107. You know, at least, at least 107. Um, I know that's I a tricky one. I mean, that's it's hard to sell yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, yeah, Brees. I would take Brees in a first for Jonathan it's, Taylor. But that one, I feel like, has I to be like five. Bad. You know, four or five in that bad. range. Yeah. Mung, next one I'm going to kick over to you because it's it's very pertinent to who we talked about on the show, but all three of these guys, exact same value. You know, one one's your crush from last year. The other's blowing it up. The other was, you know, a Twitter darling. But we're looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, James Robinson, or everyone's favorite, Damian Pierce. Oof. Uh, <laughs> I guess I would stash... Um, what was it? Edwards, Alaire, Edwards, Alaire, J. Rob, and Pierce. Yeah, I, I would probably stash Robinson and hope he can keep this up because he has looked good. And and again, this is early on in his recovery from the Achilles, right? So it's possible that he could get even better. Um, I would probably smash Edwards, Alaire, try to sell high on him. He's been very touchdown dependent, and mm-hmm. I do think some of those go to Kelsey and the whoever, whichever wide receiver every week. Um, and McKinnon's been pretty involved, involved as well. And then I would trash Pierce. Uh, I'm just I'm not a believer in Pierce. I think he's a fine running back, um, but he's really just going to be that touchdown dependent flex the entire year. And Houston's not an offense that I want to be rolling my dice on every week to be scoring a whole lot of touchdowns. In Dynasty, I'm smashing all three. Let's trade them. Get them out of here. Uh, Mike, all right, a little bit of this one. I know there are some guys that you're close with, but it's Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, or AJ Dillon. Um, yeah, I'm I'm selling Gibson now. Um, I've been trying Agreed. to sell Gibson everywhere. Um, I haven't. It's had hard. I mean, what that. what do we sell Gibson for? Because you're not getting a first anymore. You're gonna have to get creative. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be a smaller piece in a bigger trade, um, you know, moving off, maybe giving up a, a nicer wide receiver for that that running back upgrade somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but people are are privy to that. They know that you know this is this is short lived with him. So I, think I, I don't know. I don't you know upgrade a wide receiver, and you get you get Gus Edwards thrown back in there. You know, you get yeah, one of these running whatever. backs we're talking about, and maybe it turns out to to two for two, but you use that to move up. I like that. Now who you, here's the tough part. Now who are you keeping? You know, you got your choice between ETN and AJ Dillon. And I know you like both. Yeah. Um, man, I, I'm we don't, keep, we don't make it easy on smash except, you know, we, we put you Dylan. Yeah, there Dylan. you go. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I know he's been off to a slow start. Um, but you know, I think he's gonna he's gonna come on, and and I like his future too. Um, well, not that I wanna, people I think it's a, it's either. slow, but I mean it's it's twenty two week one, twelve week two, and you know eight point eight if you're in those points per carry. And I feel like we're just a week or two away from some a boom. You know what I mean? And we know yeah. that his talent is kind of. I mean, if Aaron Jones goes down, we're looking at a steady dose of twenty plus performances 
in your points per carry leagues for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, and even then, you know, I think that, that they're going to be the trusted receivers because outside of them, was it Dobbs? And that's about it right mm-hmm. now. I mean, Watson's banged up. They don't really have, I don't know. They're, they're not looking at anybody else there. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that, um, boost their value quite a bit. Dobbs is a good person to talk about too. I know it's a running back show, but like now is a time to potentially sell out. You know, I've been trying to buy the first couple of weeks where he's been under the radar, but now, you know, Green Bay's going out there saying he looks like the wide receiver one and he's the guy there. And it's just like, there is a scenario right now where you could get in principle, get out for a 23 first. And if you can do that, absolutely smash that. I don't think I'd sell for a second. I've seen it, but <laughs> wow, I've seen I'm seeing seconds right now, and that and that feels good to me. But if you can get a first, man, I, I feel like I would hold for a second if I depending on what scenario I was in. If you can get a 24 first, I would do it. A 23 first for sure. <clears throat> Mung, anything to add on on Dobbs? I mean, I I feel like we talk about it a lot where there's there's situations where a guy is drafted in rounds let's say Damian Pierce, where he was drafted in round two in a down class and people were offering 23 first foolishly. I mean, are you, where, where are you comfortable paying for him real quick? Uh, I mean, no more than a mid second. I, I think the upside yeah. is certainly there, but again, it's a strong class coming up and uh, you know, you're, you're still betting on an outlier here, right? And especially when, you have so many great wide receivers already in, in this 2022 class showing out like Wilson and Olave and all of them. I like it. Uh, I'm going to do the next one and then let you guys comment on it. It's, it's Corderell Patterson, Ramondre Stevenson, and Chase Edmonds. I am 100% stashing Ramondre Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. I thought he flashed this past week. You know, he was given the, a little bit more of the keys to the – keys to the show and see what happens. And I think with Mac Jones out, they're going to try to be running the ball even a little bit more. Really love him. I think I'm trading. I think my smash would be Edmonds after a big two touchdown week. I do like him. I am trying to buy because I think people are still pretty low on him and that Miami offense does look pretty fantastic. And if he's going to be the guy getting goal line work instead of Mostert, I'm all for that. Corderell Patterson, I feel like could have some trade value in there, but he's my trash out of that group. I think if Cordero Patterson, if you can get any second period, take it because we saw last year he is not set up, you know, from years past to carry the workload the entire season. I feel like eventually, you know, we start to see a little bit different situation, especially if Desmond Ritter starts. I think a lot of this is has to do with how Mariota's played and it, it kind of works well together. Any comments on those three guys? Because I know. I know I'm higher than on Ramondre Stevenson than pretty much anybody. You know, people come up and they try to trade 23 second for him now, and I'm saying absolutely not. You know, I feel like he has a pretty high upside that I'm trying to hold on to. Mike, any comments on that section of those three guys? Yeah, I I agree with everything down the line. Um, I'm very high on Rom as well. Um, I bought I bought him up everywhere, and you know, I think I'm going to play him everywhere this week. Um, I agree with, you know, Patterson. He faded out last year, and he, he didn't look good as time went on. Um, you're right, he's not built for that role. His role actually changed midway through last year, too. It was just, you know, the whole the whole situation uh, went upside down for him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing him away. Who was the other guy? It was uh, – uh, Chase Edmonds. 
Yeah, I like I like Edmonds moving forward. Um, I think people are very low on him right now. Um, so I'd be I'd be throwing out some low ball offers for him, even though he did have a pretty decent game. Um, I don't think people are that confident in in his role right now, but I like him moving forward. Sounds good. I think I think Stevenson coming off twelve for seventy three, four receptions, you know, and he gets punches it in is at a a prime spot right now. Uh, I'm gonna give you. Let's see, Mung. We're gonna go with James Cook, Miles Sanders, or Cam Akers. Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think I would stash James Cook just because, again, we, we Singletary looks like the clear guy, but, you know, th- that's still a committee that could change. And, you know, Singletary, I think, could be gone after next year. And I just want pieces of that Bills offense, right, linked to Josh Allen. Um, I would smash – who was it? Uh, Damian – not Damian Harris uh, – Who'd you say? Miles Sanders? They're like the same player. <laughs> yeah, Miles Sanders and Cam Akers. Yeah. Uh, I would – oh, man. I would smash Cam Akers because I do think he still has that upside in that Rams offense. And uh, we're seeing that Jalen Hurts is the, the RB1 in Philly. So I would I would trash Sanders there. Hey, Jalen Hurts, you know, I, I was telling you guys backstage, and a lot of you guys know we didn't do the podcast yesterday because my car broke down. And uh, the nice thing is Jalen Hurts is not only – Going to be winning me money in fantasy football. But a lot of you guys know I invested in cards. And Jalen Hurts paid for my car. So, you know, <laughs> there's like, I, I just love what's going on there. Miles Sanders has looked really good. Um, and I, I'm just loving that Eagles offense. It's clicking like crazy. I, I kind of like all three of those guys in that group. Uh, the next one's going to be difficult because we talked about handcuffs. And I'm going to let you end on this, Mike, because, you know, we've loved having you on. But I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Uh, we're looking at Khalil Herbert. You know who we we covered extensively, um, Michael Carter and Rashad White, and I think this is a very difficult one because all of them are so young, and I'm personally buying up all three of them. Those are like the three guys in my year one punts that I tried to get everywhere. Yeah, um, I think right now I'd be I'd be selling Herbert. I love Herbert, but I mean his value right now is, um, you know, I don't know what you're get, what you're going to be getting for him, but I, I see him going for pretty decent prices right now. Um, I'm going to be stashing, um, white. I think Rashad is going to be, you know, a regular starter as early as next year. I'm not sure what Lenny's looking at. I know he's still in contract, but, um, I like, I like his play. I like his style. Um, I think he's going to really translate great to the, uh, to the NFL and, um, I'm stat I'm trashing Carter. Um, I think it, it is brief season coming up pretty soon. And um, I love Carter as a, as a cuff, but I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a, a Naheem Hines at best, I think, right now. Yeah, he's definitely feeling the pressure here. I have two trades from the Patreon that I feel like we have to uh, answer here. And I think actually three of them, and I think we'll do it real quick. But, you know, again, another shout out to the Patreon. These guys are fantastic. Love talking to these guys all the time. Just kicking out trades. Uh V Pizzle, that's it's Vince, our boy there. He had a 12-team. He's He's been listening to the Bye Brees nonstop. In a 12-team, one quarterback, he got Brees Hall and Jahan Dotson for Antonio Gibson and Devonta Smith. Dude, that is a smash, except because you potentially like upgraded 
big time at running back and didn't fall off too much there. Um, guys, any any scenario there where we just talked about this, right? We were talking about trying to move off Antonio Gibson. I feel like, Mike, this is a absolute smash, except Twitter agreed. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's a that's a free Dotson. Yeah. He is, that's, that's a package that I would do. Um, if I just got breeze for those two guys, I would, I would be happy. I would be extremely happy with that. So, and I think in the um, Patreon, we both said that like simultaneously, we're both like, Oh, free dots. And I love it. Mung, yeah. the next one I'm going to throw to you is from Austin Ezel, also new to the Patreon. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Uh, we're looking at a 12 team super flex. He put veteran heavy squad was looking for similar production while getting some youth. He sent, it looks like he sent Darren Waller, Ezekiel Elliott, and Zamir White for Dalvin Cook, Fryermuth, and Khalil Herbert. Uh, give me that one more time. <laughs> yeah, he sent Waller, Zeke, and Zamir White for Dalvin Cook, Fryermuth, and Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I like it. I think Cook uh, for this year, uh, at the very least, is an upgrade over Elliott's. Um, I, I've been a bit lower on Waller with uh, Devontae Adams there. And, and now just in general, seeing the Raiders struggle overall. And uh, I much prefer Herbert as a stash over White. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's that's an upgrade at every single scenario, especially trying that's to get younger need. there. I mean, he, I, I prefer Waller if I'm win now, but Fryermuth is right there value-wise. Dalvin is just – try to sell Ezekiel Elliott. Go ahead, just try. You're not getting anything. I have tried on the contenders that I have. And, I, I mean, I sold in the offseason. You know, I had uh, – I, I was able to get a 23 first for Zeke, like, way back. You know, but that was, like, February. No, you're not getting anything now. Well, in January, I sold Zeke in a third for Barkley. So, mm. that See, that's beautiful. Well. Like, you just assess the situation ahead of time, get out in front of the curve, and that's why we, we talk about that all the time on the show. Last one here, Mike, I'm going to let you hit it. It's our boy Jeremy Riddle. Uh, that's at FF underscore elite. He had uh, James Conner and Justin Jefferson on side A. And then side B is McCaffrey, Debo, a 24 first and a 25 first in 10 team Superflex. He said it was a kind of a give value to get value. He's a Panthers fan. We know he's a, a homer when it comes to CMC. So James Conner and Jefferson. Or McCaffrey, Debo, a 24 and a 25 first. Okay. Um, it's hard yeah, giving up Jefferson, I mean, right? It's hard giving up Jefferson. It really is because his value, um, it's you, – you can't really put a price on him. You know, you could you could just reel off any any trade to me, and I would say, oh, it's Jefferson. It makes, it makes sense, you know. I would like to see one of those picks be a 23. Um, oh, then it would be a smash. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the way I broke it down is I was like, McCaffrey, Debo, and a 24 first feels pretty good for Jefferson to me. Maybe even the 25 first. But I would sell yeah. Connor for any first right now. You know, if like you yeah, can get out sure. of Connor I'd, for a first, I, like, I would do it. I like the deal. You know, I, I, I know that he's big on CMC, and I, I know that um, – He's a big Panther fan. I don't fault him for that at all. I think he got good value for that. And I think he's going to um, reap the rewards of, of CMC for sure in the coming weeks. I think he definitely comes on. So, and we, didn't yeah, even, I mean, we didn't even talk CMC, talking running backs, you know. But I, I was like, I, I recently sold James Conner and I was thrilled with it. 
I, I sold James Conner and a 25 second for Brandon Cooks, Cole Komet, Rashad White, and a 24 second, and I was I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, yeah, that's, all that. that's nice. A couple different variations there, but. Mike, I got to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, you know, hopefully the first of many, but why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? And again, I really appreciated having you on here and getting to, to chop it up with you. Yeah, no, I, I greatly appreciate it, man. I'm glad I finally got to get on here. Um, yeah, you can find me at, um, at uh, Midboy Takes on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of all I have going on right now. But, yeah, but I, a lot of, really lot of cool threads. It. Guys, give him a follow. You know, one of the sharp guys in our in our Smash Patreon and uh, Mung. You know, as always, it was great having you back. You know, it's been a couple weeks off, uh, but I, I'm glad to have you back. And it was it was fun just moving forward here. What do you what do you have going on? Because I know you're always the busiest man in the room. Yeah, I uh, you know I, I write a lot of redraft stuff, so I have my quarterback streamers article going on at Fantrax every single week. And then uh, pretty soon I'm going to come up with a dynasty rankings updates. Although those are, I feel like always outdated just a couple days after I post them. So uh, the best way to get answers to your questions is still just, you know, Twitter uh, at FFA underscore Mung. that's M E N G and always happy to help redraft or dynasty. Thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process. Thank you, man. Yo, that was fun, right?